First and foremost, I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we, myself, and my guests record today's podcast. I extend respect and gratitude to the elders past, present, and emerging of those nations, and to all Aboriginal peoples listening today. Always was, always will be. Hello and welcome, I'm Timberlina and you're listening to Yas Queen, the podcast where we talk about everything without knowing anything about everything. This is episode three and I'll be joined by Annie Depressant. Annie is a Melbourne-based drag queen with a passion for activism and education, performing not only in nightclubs but also for bushfire relief events and drag story time. This will be part two of many stories we'll hear from professionals and performers around the country who present drag story time. So let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Yas Queen, the podcast. This is part two of Drag Story Time, and I am joined by Annie Depressant. So, Annie, do you just want to tell everyone where you are based currently? So, I am a Melbourne-based drag queen, former entertainer, what have you, um, who I've grown up in Melbourne my whole life. Oh, amazing. And how long have you been doing drag for? Um... January just gone has been three years, two years of performing, three years of doing drag. Oh, that's good. Three years is good. I think I'm coming up to three years as well at the moment. So it's oh, it gets so, yeah, it becomes so long and then you suddenly realise you've been doing it forever. Yeah, right. You're like one of the old queens then. Um, oh. I'm, I'm never going to be old. I'm going to keep getting Botox. Um, and you're, uh, I'm stealing <laughs> the youth of the children. Yes, right? That's what it is. And All those 18-year-old new drag queens. Oh, yeah, right? And some of them are something <laughs> so young. I had one perform at a fundraiser I did recently who was, I think they were 16. Oh, my gosh. So young. I, like, yeah, no, I know like a 16-year-old drag queen as well. Yeah, I think it's amazing, it's though. Amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so how long have you been doing drag story time for? Uh, just over 12 months now. Yeah. Okay, cool. And do you do multiple libraries? I do. So um, basically I just get, I, my initial one was with Werribee. Yep. Um, I, I, I uh, approached them and asked them if they would be interested in doing this sort of a thing. Um, they loved the idea, so we then pushed it. Uh, we waited a little bit longer so that we could do it during midsummer, which is, um, as you may know, Melbourne's big uh, queer festival, carnival celebration uh, in January and February every year. Um, and then from that, I had uh, Whittlesea Library contact me and they asked if I'd be willing to do it. And then from there, I just get contacted by. <laughs> various organizations libraries community groups what have you just being like hey we like this idea which is so good and i think it's such an important thing for us to do in the community i believe it's so good i've got my third one coming up in newcastle library this coming weekend um oh, exciting yeah i'm very excited i love it um 
before we go into into too much depth, I guess, um, what do you reckon your best book is that you've read to the kids? Oh, I have I have two. Okay. I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be difficult. I've got two. That's fine. One of them is called Introducing Teddy by Jessica Walton, and I personally love it because it's a a little bit of a nuanced look at not discovering your gender identity but being able to tell people about your gender identity and and being a friend of somebody who who may be trans or what have you gender queer um and so it's just this nice nuanced idea of you can be scared to tell somebody something regardless like apply it to your own life but you will often be surprised at how supportive the people who care about you actually are. Um, and then, sorry, go on. No, so you go, keep going. And then my other favourite is uh, Be Who You Are by Todd Parr, which is just this most beautiful, colourful book that is literally nothing but about if you like something, do it. Enjoy yourself. Love your life. People are different. And the kids really get behind that because there's no, there's no nuances. There's no deeper meaning that you want to think and analyze. It's literally just straight up. It's like, if you have curly hair, rock that curly hair. If you like to dance, dance like no one's watching. Just have fun. Yeah. And I think that's like the best thing about teaching kids, right? Because you can teach kids hate. Um, but kids are just like so just like full of energy and love and that's what like when I walk oh, into a room and they're so receptive oh aren't they I like I did one the other week and the kids were like but you're a boy I'm just like well right now I'm actually Timberlina and I'm a girl <laughs> like no but you dressed up in your mum's clothes and um it just it's I love it like my response is my mother doesn't have this fashion sense exactly that's what I was saying to them and like all the parents that are sitting around they just laugh and they I think sometimes the parents have more fun than the kids um at my story and you've got a I always like to describe my story time as a Shrek movie it's there for the kids a Shrek movie it's there for the kids but you've got a couple jokes just thrown in there that the kids won't get that the adults will love yeah, which is really important because I feel like it's when we do it here. They're in the there as much as their kids are. Yeah, exactly. And like it's, we call it like family rainbow story time here. So it's for the whole family, yeah. um, which is very important. So, and why did you yeah. choose to get involved in drag story time? Which, well, initially, I actually recall it was National Coming Out Day in 2018. And I'm sitting on Facebook, you know, everyone's sharing stories about coming out and love and acceptance, and it was wonderful. And a video came up of Drag Queen Storytime, which I'm certain this particular one I'd seen like four times already. But it, it was in that moment being on, on um, International Coming Out Day that I was like, why aren't we doing this? You know, I didn't have anything as a young kid that, I don't want to use the word forced, but forced my mother to show that she was supportive, which she always was, but we never got to have that dialogue before yeah. I came out. And I thought, you know, 
this is a great way for parents to show their kids that if they are queer, they will be supportive without having to sit down with their seven-year-old and say, so if you're gay in the future, we still love you. You know, parents don't want to do that conversation, but they want to have a subtle way to say, whatever, however your life leads, we love and accept you. Yeah, which is so important, I think, when you're growing up, because um, you you grew up in Mil- in Melbourne your entire life. Were you in based in the city, or and were you in? The- I was I was so lucky. Like I'm, I grew up in the outer suburbs of the east, but the eastern suburbs of Melbourne are still very like safe and progressive. You know, you don't. I've lived, uh, I've lived all around Melbourne now that I've moved out of home and tried to be an adult. Um, and I've seen the differences some communities have around not just queerness, but just progression yeah. in general. And, you know, that feeling of safety. So I had a very, I was very fortunate. Which is like so good because like I, I think I was saying in my last podcast with Johnny, um, I grew up in central West New South Wales in Australia. So like very country um, near Dubbo. Yeah. I don't know if you know if that, where that is. But I, like, I know Dubbo, yep. Yeah. So like I am a country kid and um, I think it's really important to do this out there. So this year is my goal is to take it out West and, do this in Western, very small communities as well. So um, it's really interesting to see where people grow up and how they got into drag and stuff as well. So that's really cool that you were literally living in such a very supportive place because there's a lot of people that don't have that. So She's the definition of a city gal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would say everyone's like, oh, you didn't grow up in the bush now to me because I'm very much like a city kid, but no, I can still crash tackle somebody if I need to. Trust (laughs) me. Um, All right. So um, have you had any experience with any negative online, like social media, general media, um, with like the trolling of doing drag story time and if so has it affected you and how are you dealing with it slash addressing it going forward so last year in May uh, about a week before we were set to do drag queen story time at Whittlesea Library uh, the Whittlesea Library had announced that I was their guest performer and that got picked up by uh, Political Posting Mama, the Facebook um, group, the page. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to uh, take a guess at how to pronounce the name of the owner of it because I can never remember because she does have an unusual name. Um, but she posted it to her, her fans um, and they spread it like wildfire. Um, and for that, oh, for that week, I sat there and I read every single comment that came in. Like there wasn't a single comment that was made that I did not read. I was reading people who had shared it, what they'd said, what their friends had said when they shared it. I was reading people call me, uh, sick, perverted, a pedophile, which was very common, unfortunately. 
um, I got quite a few of, uh, of trans slurs thrown at me, which are not appropriate or even relevant for me as I'm not trans. Um, but I read through so many, but the thing that helped me, I find actually was reading them because I started to notice patterns and that people were just repeating themselves and repeating what other people had said. And that helped me out because I started to realize this was a herd mentality, not individual people coming up with these individual thoughts. And, and, and then I guess going forward with it, um, every now and again, I kind of like to just check in on these pages, see what they're saying that I know is incorrect information that they're spouting. Um, and, and just, you can't, sometimes you can't help but laugh at how misinformed some of these people are. Yeah. Did you find when you were reading, because I did the exact same thing when it happened to me here in Newcastle, um, that they can't really spell either? <laughs> they, um, there was a couple, yeah, there was a few yeah. moments where it was just like, take five seconds, reread what you wrote and decide if that's correct. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, like I know you're probably trying to call me rude names and stuff, but I am not a witch. Yeah. Is that what you meant to call me? Cause not sure you did. Yeah. It's like, it's so, like, I think people, I call them keyboard warriors. Um, they really need to reread stuff and make sure it makes sense and make sure it's actually true information that they're spreading online. Um, with yeah. the social media, like Facebook and Instagram and stuff, did, um, did they take anything down? Like, was anything posted on your social, like about the story time? So like the library, did they post anything and then they had to remove the posts of all the trolling or... Did you... So the library, the library initially posted it and um, once it gained traction and people started commenting not only on political posts with Mama's page and on their own pages, but also posting, commenting on the Werribee, uh, sorry, not Werribee, the Whittlesea Library page. Um, Whittlesea Library made the choice to take down the post um, fully informing me the whole time they gave me a call and said, hey, this is what we've decided to do just to stop the comments. Yeah. And how did you feel about that at the time, if you don't mind me asking? At the time, I think I needed that. I think I needed it to be gone. I think I needed to be able to look at one place on the internet that wasn't someone screaming about me. Um, so it was healing just to have that disappear and not have something that was, I was tagged in, that I was reading it constantly. Um, but then looking back on it, um, and if it would have happened now, I'm you know so much more prepared for it now. Yeah. I would have said, leave it up. I'm about to, I'm about to stir the pot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let See, me get my typewriter out because this is all that she wrote. Yeah. So I, I didn't actually, I think 
I mentioned in my last podcast with Johnny is that I said um, I wasn't going to comment on any of it. Um, I had posts that lasted half an hour because um, in Newcastle, all of our media outlets got a hold of the story and they wrote their own stories about it and we gave them comments and stuff. But one of them only lasted half an hour at like 8.30 in the morning. So like they had it removed by nine. And oh, for wow. me, yeah, it was like horrible. Like I got called the same things that you got called. And um, I think one of the ones that I read, because I sat there for three hours the night before that article went out, reading other people's posts about it, spent three hours and I was meant to be packing to do a show out West and I spent the whole three hours reading it before it got taken down and people were calling me horrible things as well. Um, and when they took it down, all my friends were like, why they take it down? And I was like, do you know what it is? I think it's actually really important they take it down because if a 13-year-old or a 12-year-old is on social media, like we all know that that age group is on social media, if they were reading the post... And they're I'm not going to see the hundreds of people saying, we love you, we support you. They're going to see the, hate. the 50 people... Yeah. yeah and i'm just like i'm so glad they took it down because if i was that age how would i feel if i was reading that like i wouldn't be like i don't want to be a drag queen because that's how people are gonna see me so for me i'm like i'm glad they took it down but now i think if it would happen again like i would do the same thing that you would do and go in for the fight because it's so important that this is happening around the country and and it's such a delicate um situation as well because like I, I very much, I'm, I'm a fighter when it comes to activism and political situations um, and equal rights and whatnot. I'm, you know, I'm not one to back down from a fight. I'm there for the long haul. But then on the other side of it, I was offered by a group of people to come down to the most recent story time and do a counter protest. And I said to them, thank you for your support. I really would rather you not because there are children involved and they're not gonna see who's right. They're gonna see two sides of an argument yelling and screaming. Yeah, and that's- So let us be the, let us in this one situation be the better, be the seen like the bigger person and let the, the people against it dig their own grave. Yeah, because like when if I mean if there was protesters outside, have there been, have there been protesters outside any of your story time? Yeah, the most recent one in Werribee. Oh, okay. So the kids would have seen that, but I feel like the kids would have been like, "Oh, they're that they're throwing hate at us." I'm not sure. Like, how was it dealt with? Down so there? the the protesters came with their placards. Um, a lot of them had photos of me on, which was great promotion for me. I loved it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the following. Chris- Thank you, Australian Christian Lobby, for shouting me out. Uh, love your works. Love your hair. Hope you win. Yeah. Um, but they, the police were in attendance. The library had hired security because they knew of the protest in advance. Um, and the protesters were one not allowed to enter the building and this was all because of the week before was queensland yeah um so you know 
they the library was like we need to be very careful with what we say and what we do and i was like 100 percent, i agree you know we don't want another issue like this to arise we don't want to you know i we don't want kids being scared we don't want somebody to unfortunately lose their life you know i'm my condolences are still out to his family i i'm not happy about that fact um but they they stood outside in silence because they they weren't allowed to be chanting because if they were they would have been uh dispersed for a public nuisance or something like that um however as the parents and the children were leaving the library the parents and the children were shouting, we love drag queens. Uh, see, love will always win. Absolutely. And that was, that was beautiful. I didn't, because I didn't get to see that because I had left via the back. Yeah. Just because the library staff wanted to keep me safe and make me feel comfortable. Um, so I didn't get to see that. It wasn't until uh, later that night, Seven News did their story on it and and they had these lovely women that i had met during the story time we'd had a conversation i remember them very fondly they were wonderfully sweet um were holding their kids hands shouting that we love drag queens which is like that i I just got shivers down my body because i think that is like (laughs) so amazing because like everybody usually does love drag queens except for like the odd few and they're usually protesters and they're dealing with their own issues in life. So, which brings me to the most important part, I think, is what kind of positive feedback have you received off the back of your involvement with Drag Storytime? I've had journalists and reporters, um, as, and I won't, obviously, I won't say who, you know, protects their reputation for bias and whatnot. Um, they've written a beautiful article that was had no bias, it was factual, it, there was no editorialising, and then they'd finish off our conversation with, I love that you're doing this. Yeah. And that, for me, was so wonderful to hear. Um, you know, people, people leaving comments on my Facebook, just being like, you are so great, thank you so much for doing this. I get... Uh, messages from people who who I've met in a club like once out of drag but that we don't know each other at all they send me a message be like I grew up near there thank you so much um but hands down my absolute favorite was uh having Pauline pants down type my name in a status and say how great I'm doing that was the moment for me. I, I screenshotted that and saved it on my phone, sent it to sent it to my mother and said, Pauline Pants Down knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's that like, for me was exciting. Yeah, that's like amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> so, so 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 jealous. See, like when I like I get I've gotten positive feedback and my biggest one was the last one where it actually brought me to tears because this grandmother came with her grandson and wrote it to me and it just said, um, I'm not sure if you noticed my grandson, he was sitting there and didn't take his eyes off you, 
the whole time. He's been getting bullied at school um, and all he does is show care and love for everybody. So we brought him along to your drag story time to show that you can do whatever you want and be whoever you want um, and you'll get so much support. And I like was almost in tears because I think that's sums up what I do. Like no matter if I'm going to my bingo or my trivia show or a nightclub to do a performance is like love and care for everybody, no matter what age or who they are and what background they come from. I think starting at drag story time with kids is like, giving them the opportunity to be like, yeah, we love everybody. We don't care who you are. And I, I mean, the kids just want sequins to fall off your dress. I'm not sure if they try and pull those off you as well, but they do with me. Oh no, I don't wear sequins. Oh, you don't? Smart. See, I, I should probably start. No, see, I have a beautiful dress that I made that has all the words to Twinkle Twinkle World Star written on it. Ah, that is so cool. Make me one. <laughs> <laughs> you can get commissions at Annie underscore depressant on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> yes, I'll be going there straight after this. Um, send, a little, send a little message, tell me what you want or what's on that. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and I also love that drag queens... This is like a side note. I love that drag queens can all connect through that. And then like next minute you're getting an outfit made in like Melbourne and I live in Newcastle. I like, I love that kind of stuff with our community. Like we're spread oh. all over the world and we can connect like that. Um, what do you think the benefits of drag story time are for kids? And then we'll follow up with the same for parents and the broader community. I think for kids, it's, as I said, like it's a great opportunity for their parents to show support without them feeling uncomfortable because many parents feel uncomfortable you know talking about gender and sexuality with their children which is very unfortunate um because they i, I obviously i'm not a parent myself i'm purely speculating um but i from what i've seen i feel like they equate it to similar to a sex ed conversation which is very clear no parent wants to have that conversation with their child. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. So I think the children get actually get to have that reassurance that if I'm feeling some kind of way, mum and dad are okay with it. Mum and dad are going to support me. And, and also, even if they're not feeling some kind of way, they they can take a myriad of things from it. They can, um, you know, feel a connection to queer people that yeah. they may carry with them later in life and they become a supportive ally. You know, they... And, and, and we've seen, you know, a lot of, like, queer people are less likely to be sexist and misogynistic than than our straight counterparts. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's all about learning different walks of life and getting a few, a, a full world view that you can grow and develop with in mind. So you're not just locked into one idea of what it is to be a good person or a nice person or a person you should care about. Um, and as for parents, yeah, it's, uh, some of them come because they think it's fun themselves and, you know, they've got three kids under three and they don't get to go to 
the drag clubs anymore and like they still think the Greyhound's open and that's been closed for five years. <laughs> so they don't get to go to any of these things. So some of them, it's actually, they come in genuinely because they love drag queens already. One of them, one of the women at the recent story time actually wore a dress from, I believe, drag queen merch that had like Ginger Minge, Alaska, Katya, Bob the Drag, all over the dress. So she was a fan, like she already drag. loved drag before this. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she could bring her children to something that she had already loved was I think just a win for her. Yeah. But it was also possibly a really big win for her to be able to actually go see drag within her constraints of being a mother of a four-year-old or whatever. Yeah. And it's great because I get so many parents that are like, could you come to my kid's fourth birthday and do a number? I'm like, well, yeah, I can. Um, but you can also come to drag story time as well and bring the kids and bring the whole family. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and so like for the broader community, how do you think it benefits the broader community? Um, well, I think like uh, when we had Whittlesea story time, the local member of parliament actually came out for it and she donned a, a rainbow banner, had a rainbow onesie on. And if I like, even as a teenager, like if I'm a teenager, I probably wouldn't have gone to drag school story time, you know, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You're a 16 year old going to story time alone. Um, but I would have seen, you know, my local member going to support a queer event. Yeah, and that's especially for because it was for Ida Hobbit Day. Yeah. Um, and it would have, you know, that would have meant a lot to me as a young queer person to actually see people in positions of power saying, you know what, you guys are worthy. Yeah. It's I, I'm I'm so envious of the people who get to see uh Dan Andrews fight for certain queer rights um throughout Victoria. I, I wish when I was younger the Victorian Premier was as vocal as he has been. Yeah. Which I think when it comes to politicians and stuff, I've got a very big supportive um council here in newcastle so i'm so 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 lucky and i think it is amazing and i think the future generations really need to know what the politicians are doing in most councils um to support the queer community absolutely yeah um so i know you mentioned this a little bit earlier about how you do libraries but you do other other events we'd like drag story time. So have you started going to like other venues and stuff? Like, are you doing it anywhere else? So uh, coming up, I will be doing drag queen story time for the Moomba Festival, um, which is a huge deal. Like I'm still shocked that they, they asked me. <laughs> um, but so I'm doing that over uh, the Saturday, Sunday, Monday of Moomba. Um, 
I'm also doing a, a writer's festival in a few weeks. Um, they just, you know, they've got this, they had this writer's festival where they're going to have authors and illustrators come and talk and whatnot. And they were just like, we want something for the kids. Let's them to drag story time. Um, yeah, you know, like getting booked but, for festivals. That's amazing. But yeah, so I've got stuff like that. Um, and then outside of Drag Queen Storytime, you know, I still, as, as you said, like I still have shows that I do in clubs and, and bars and uh, private functions, you know. You know, corporate money is my favourite kind of money. <laughs> really well. Yeah. Corporate, book us. <laughs> corporate. Um, which probably brings ANZ, me... ANZ, you want to support great gay people. Hi, yeah. Drag Queen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Please, because um, it's like <laughs> where um, it has to be me though. Yeah, I can do New South Wales. You can do Victoria. Um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so split it nicely. Which probably brings me to my next question: Is can you tell me the key differences between like an adults-only pub type performance with any, and then like an all-age drag story time at the library, like? So, I I vary so much when it comes to my drag. You know, I growing up, I was a I was a theatre kid. Um, so quite a few of my numbers I do in drag are from musicals. Uh, some of them, they I wouldn't call them inappropriate, but they've got um, some adult themes. Uh, one of them is a very camp song from the 1920s called If You Hadn't But You Did. And it literally starts with this woman shooting her boyfriend because he wouldn't marry her. Oh. And then the rest is the rest is just upbeat and funny and her saying um, if you hadn't but you did I, you told me to jump off a cliff. Oh well. See ya. Yeah, and like you wouldn't do that performance in front of kids. Like it. No. I mean, it comes um, back to like that theatre, right? That theatre background is like we we can actually it's change. What's like it's appropriate. like a, yeah, we're like we're performance. We're like we're performers. Sorry, um, we can change to like I wouldn't do the same thing that I do at like a adults only show at a corporate gig. Yeah, like I made uh, a couple of years ago. I made a mix for. Uh, the Year of Yes celebrations we held in Melbourne yeah. um, that was Florence and the Machines, You've Got the Love, mixed in with actual uh, news quotes from the plebiscite. Uh, I, do it, I do it in a bar, I do it in a club. I can do it literally anywhere because it's an appropriate song. Yeah. Um, I'm dressed appropriately. There's no, like, I would never wear a leotard to, the, to a library. You know, I always wear a big poofy skirt with lots of netting. Yeah. Um, there's no cleavage. It's, everything's altered to be, a pro like a lot of, there's parts of my drag that I do in clubs that is super appropriate for all ages. There's parts of it that's not like I like to do, I am a big fan of horror films. Um. So I like to occasionally do like, uh, Bride of Chucky number or like a, um, 
evanescence bring me the life yeah so they're like you know so many different styles but when it comes down to it i know this is appropriate for kids this is not appropriate for kids and what isn't stays outside of all ages events yeah exactly i think we we're professional like it's and the best thing i'd ever heard was uh whoopi goldberg oh yeah are you gonna are you gonna tell your kid they can't watch sister act because she was in ghost that is amazing and you know what i do a number from sister act so like i'm obsessed with that now (laughs) it's fantastic yeah Could you, but, talk- you know, one's appropriate, one's not appropriate for kids. We don't discount her as a performer or an artist. No. And she's- say she can't be around children. Yeah, no, she's amazing. Love her. She's amazing. I do love her. <laughs> um, could you tell me what the breakdown of your drag story time is? Like, does it go for an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes? How, how long and what do so you we, actually... So we do an hour. Yep. Um... And it's typically three, maybe four stories. It depends how restless the kids get. Yeah. Um, there's a nursery rhyme between each story. And the, the nursery rhymes are about as dime a dozen as you can get. You mm. know, we're doing I'm a Little Teapot, Insanity, Cider, Hokey Pokey. Like, we're not coming in with some... I'm not going in doing Cardi B. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. So don't worry, I'm not going to teach the children to to get them red bottom heels. Yeah, no. Um, they'll learn that later, <laughs> just like I did. Waited till I was about 16 before I learned what Louboutins were, and I've loved them ever since. Yeah. Um, but, and then, you know, we do a craft, and it's literally something like, make a mask out of a paper plate or or make a a kite out of streamers you know the most basic of things or draw like we'll print out coloring sheets and so during that time while the kids are focused on that some of them can cut the thought like the kids who have done a fasta or we'll do it at home will come up and they can take a photo and so that gives like 15 or so minutes for everyone to come up and have a photo and end of the day I say this to every library or every event I'm not gonna go cool you've had me for an hour I'm out oh yeah I'm not gonna leave until everyone who wanted a photo gets a photo yeah and I think that's the most important thing um I do the exact same thing if I'm there for like I don't want them to think that my time is more valuable like it's not there you know, they put the effort in and came out to sing me. Their 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 time is just as valuable, and if they want a photo, they get a photo. Yeah, which is they get a conversation. Amazing. Do um, the libraries that you do? Do they already have a kids program in place? Like every week, do they do? Like, Most um, of them do. Yeah. Yeah. So they already so do. Most of them do time. have a regular story time. Yeah. Yeah, because like literally, I think we because my one sounds pretty much exactly the same as yours. But like they do a rock and roll one in Newcastle Library, which is really cool, and they sing and dance and all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like I do a very similar one to the rock and roll story time, but mine's just drag queen story time. Um, So we're doing the exact same stuff. 
I know that uh, Werribee does story time. They also do rhyme time, which is for the younger kids. Yeah. And then mums and bubs or something. Um, so they've got their like different age groups and whatnot. Um, but then they've also got special events. They'll do the Santa story time at Christmas and they'll get one of the staffers to dress up as Santa and do story time and hand out candy canes or something like that. Yeah, that's really um, cool. So then it's not so just it's like, not, like coming in, with, like getting lots of different characters coming in as well, so, which is really cool. Yeah, and, and so us doing drag queen story time is just an extension on them doing like Santa story time or or Easter Bunny story time or, you know, Fairy Princess story time, what, what have you. There's, there's no difference between them getting a princess character to come in and a drag queen to come in. Yeah. Well, we probably just wear more makeup than them, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what's the funniest thing a kid has said to you during story time? This is probably my favourite question. My- absolute favorite wasn't so much something he said as so our last craft that we did was to make hand fans and it was just a paper plate cutting half on a popsicle stick with like and they decorated the paper plate so they had hand fans and so my um a good friend of mine came with me and she was standing in the back of the room and as soon as they said this is the craft we're doing I, I mouthed to her, bring me my fan, because I'd had this, uh, one of those big hand fans, the Thwarp fans. Oh, yeah. That was rainbow. And so, <laughs> me being the ridiculous homosexual that I am, um, the kids have got their little fans, and I'm there with a the giant Thwarp fan, just clacking it. And a little kid came up to me, and he's like, oh, mine doesn't do that. I was like, do you want to try? And so I handed him the fan and I told him how to do it. And so this like four-year-old boy is legitimately holding my fan and he just throws it and it makes the biggest clack sound I've ever heard. And then he hands it to his mum for her to try and she fails and the kid just laughed at her. Oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was absolutely i loved it it was an absolute delight watching this kid get so excited over thwarping the fan yeah it's like it's fantastic it's a big noise that those fans make as well oh yeah and this one's kind of like uh saturn as well oh so it's like making that real big really loud yeah Um, it's it's deafening that kid's probably still nagging his mum to get him one um and I taught him that it's a really great, uh, it's really great for punctuation. Like you tell your, you say to your mom, no, I don't want to go to bed. And you clack it. Oh, yeah. That's so, so I have good. a feeling now if he ever gets one, he's going to be like, I won't do the dishes. Swap. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. There you go, mom. Not doing it. Um, you eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I've, I've 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 made this child a monster, <laughs> which is fine. There no has way. to be someone out there, right? 
<laughs> someone has to t someone has to continue my legacy. Yeah, exactly. Now that little boy is. Um, <laughs> love it. Um, probably one of the last questions from me um, is: If you were in charge of all the drag story time events in Australia, what would you change about the events? Um. On a slightly more serious note, I'd like to I'd like to see people get paid fairly. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people who are doing drag story time are either underselling themselves or or doing it for free. Yeah, which if you're doing it once, do it for free is fine, but if you're actually like building a career or doing this regularly. You deserve to be paid fairly for your time, you know. I agree. Um, but ultimately, I love I love the individuality of of everyone, how they, you know, put their spin on it, and it's not one same program across Australia. I think it's fantastic that I can be doing something, you can be doing something different, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah, which I think is like I I would agree with you there. And like coming back to the the pay, it's just like if you're an author, authors get paid to go to libraries and do meet and greets. Surprise, they're not doing it for free. Um, most authors do get yeah. paid. So um, if you are doing drag story time and you are doing it for free, thank you so yeah, much. Coin. But also start charging your libraries for it. Um, they do have budgets for these um, programs. And that's what it is. It's and you know what? I hear so many of the people who are against story times complain about it being done at rate payers' money. And honestly, it's ridiculous. It's money that has already been assigned to be spent on these sort of programs, not specifically drag queen, but on these sort of programs where they get the guests come in and do something. Um, and if they don't get spent on, on, on us, for example, they're just going to go back to the, like, they're not going to go back to your pocket, the, like your individual pocket and be like, so we ever charged you this tax time. We didn't actually need that extra couple hundred dollars. Here you go. Here's it back. And like, if it's every taxpayer, they're probably going to get like zero point zero 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 one cent. So enjoy that refund. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and no, completely. And so, you know, we should be focusing more on on who's getting the big paychecks rather than one drag queen getting paid for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's pay attention to the bigger picture when it comes to that. But it's. It's it's what their budget's for. Yeah, they budget for this stuff. And if you if anyone runs a business or they put on an event, like we budget to the cent usually for stuff. So um, I think it's amazing. Um, but do you have any other questions or anything you want to say about drag story time or just in general? Uh, end of the day, drag story time is just a celebration of love. And it's about being who you are and accepting that and, and loving every part of yourself that makes you special and unique. Um, and no one should ever feel that that's, that they can't show who they are. Um, 
and that and 100 it's story time's not just about appealing to queer children it's about appealing to children who feel differently about something or, or are excluded for something they get told they talk too much they're a chatterbox or they're, they're too small or too fat or too skinny you know it's everybody has differences and if we can teach some children at least to love their differences realize that's what makes you great um you like you'll be a happier person in the long run i wish i had more people try to convince me that those things that you hate they're gonna be great you're gonna love them yeah and I do. I absolutely love them. I used to hate my nose. Now I think I have the best nose in the world. It's the small things, right? Like It's the little things. Yeah. Um, and I guess everybody is unique in their own way. Love yourself because we love you. And if you are out there struggling, reach out to us. We're here. We're all ears. And um, we're trying to make a difference around the world I would say so thank you so much for spreading your love and everything around to the community in Melbourne and afar in Victoria keep doing what you're doing we love you antidepressant um, and we are going to share all of your socials um, as well so um, thank you so much for coming on Yas Queens thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to Yas Queen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends and family. If you have any questions about anything and everything, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Yas Queen Podcast and send them through. Once a month, we'll compile all the questions and have them answered by queers and allies from around the country. Until next time, my name is Timberlina, Top Shelf Talent. For yourself, double. Peace out. Love you all.